0: everyone has a story it may not be glamorous or filled with adventure but it's theirs welcome to lifting with larry the podcast that features the unique stories of everyday passengers from the world of rideshare welcome to the lifting with larry podcast this is a podcast where i sit down and talk with some of the people i've met while doing rideshare for lyft and uber uh today my guest i've actually known her for a couple years and got to know her um got to know her in a, a method other than rideshare, actually. But I have done, we have r- ridden together a few times. I know we've gone to Nashville um, at least once and uh, a few other places. And I think I've probably done an Uber Eats delivery or two to you, maybe. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Zoe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here and for talking about your story. Um, it's uh, what I know of it. It's certainly uh, just a captivating, interesting story. I think that the listeners are really going to appreciate and uh i really gonna like um so thank you so much for being here
1: thanks for having me
0: so tell me a little bit about your recollection of how we first met even though it wasn't through rideshare
1: man i had just moved up to bowling green again um looking to start my journey to go back to wku to get my finish my degree um you introduced me to some fun people around here playing a playing a little game they think might uh might be dead but isn't a little game yeah a little game you might
0: have heard of it you right? might have heard of it yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah pokemon go uh it's how we we first met it's hard to believe it's been two years already i mean it was two right yeah yeah two? it's been two yeah crazy very crazy so um zoe tell us a little bit about your kind of your background where where you were born kind of your you know what, what was your childhood like you know just a little bit of background i guess on you
1: well, I was actually born overseas. Um, my mother was in the military, so I was born in Germany. Um, and then we spent a lot of my childhood traveling, getting around. What part um, of Germany? Munich. Yeah, um, I you wasn't there of, very long. Okay, I was
0: going to say, do you have many memories? No. Nine? Oh, three months. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Okay, um, born born in Munich, where and you traveled around a lot of military
1: military bases. we started out in california and then moved up to washington and idaho Um, we eventually settled in tennessee but we took a little detour in kentucky for a couple of years while i got my uh preschool
0: and kindergarten in okay (laughs) so yeah so is was that that did you find it a kind of a a rough childhood as far as movement and having to meet new people you know every couple of years
1: um, it was really interesting. I got to learn a lot about different cultures in different regions um I never really picked up much of an accent, I think, for that reason oh
0: yeah i would I would agree with that yeah
1: yeah i um, it actually became boring when we did settle. It was like, oh, I don't have any new people to meet what what are we doing here with the same people every year?
0: <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, if you're used to traveling all the time and meeting meeting new people, so um so gosh, I I guess you went to like a lot of different schools.
1: <laughs> oh goodness. Yes. Um well, I guess because we did the settling when I was in grade school, it was a lot of preschools that I went to, but not so many.
0: How old, about how old were you when you kind of um settled down for a little while?
1: I guess I was around 9.
0: Around 9 and that was in Tennessee. In Tennessee, yeah. Okay. Okay, great. So Um, settled down there and then did you were you in tennessee kind of all through your your, the rest of your school period yeah
1: uh graduated from white house high school impact
0: okay okay great um so white house uh, graduated from there um and and tell us just a little bit about like what what your family situation was when you were growing up you have siblings um was it just you
1: well, um, I was the first kid for my mom. Um, my biological father chose not to be a part of my life. Um, that was a constant um, struggle because I do not really understand. Yeah. Sure. And I've met him a few times as an adult, and that, that never really panned out either. But um, my mom did eventually get married, um, and at that point I gained a stepbrother and a stepsister. Um, Funny story, Mm -hmm. they they met because of me. Uh, My stepbrother was my best friend in school. Oh, really? Um, We were just kind of silly together. Um, He would wear giant yellow outfits. Um, If any of you guys know me in public, you know that I'm pretty bright. You can imagine how pretty bright plus a giant yellow outfit got along pretty well. (laughs) Um, We didn't have them that long, though. So um, we lost them to their real mom. So I was 13. Um, they were 15 and 13. 15 and 13. Okay. And they were murdered, murder-suicide combo, so.
0: Okay, wow. And like I said, I've heard, I've heard this story a little bit, and um, it's just, it's hard to m- even imagine. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to pressure you to just, you know, talk about anything you don't want to talk about or, or anything that makes you, you know, uncomfortable. So I just, you know, tell us what, whatever you want to tell about that situation, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I appreciate that respect. Um, Well, they were my, I don't look at them like my stepbrother and sister. Uh, Like I said, he was my best friend before they even met. Um, (laughs) So they're more, they they were family. Um, And I, I have to say it was a big tragedy for everyone that was involved and anybody that was around us. Pretty much the whole school was pretty silent that following year. Um those tragedies they affect everyone, not just like the family that it happens to.
0: Sure, yeah, that ripples out to so so many people. Absolutely. And you said they, they were murdered, um I I know you've you've mentioned it, they were murdered by
1: their real mom. By their real mother. Yeah. So so yeah, she um was not super happy about the divorce and um had her own mental health issues that oh, were not obviously. being appropriately seen to can't really ever point out just what exactly goes wrong in those kind of situations. Um, but she stopped us for about a year and, um, watched us through the windows and okay. everything.
0: So th- did y'all know this was going on?
1: We did. Um, and it, she would leave things in the house to let us know that she had come in and it was very obscure. We couldn't quite get the cops to deal with it. Um, they would not take away her right as a mom because that's how Tennessee's law is. Um, both the kids were old enough to choose not to be around her as well, but they wouldn't um, because that's how love goes with moms. Right.
0: Right. Sure. Wow. That's that's just um, uh, incredible. So so after after this happened, you said they were they were murdered and, and your stepdad Um, was he was he also murdered?
1: No, no, no. He um, he was, I think, at work. Okay. It was her weekend to have them. I think he had been called into NES, but I'm not sure because I was away at the time. Um, my stepsister actually had invited me that weekend, and I had just been in Illinois, and so I wasn't even in the state at the time.
0: Wow. So how do you even start to deal with something like that, especially when you're a kid?
1: You know, I don't know that I really did deal with it at that time. Um, I did a lot of shoving it down.
0: Sure. And that's, I think that's pretty common.
1: Yeah. The disassociation. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally common. Um, it presented itself in a lot of different ways in my life, but like I just kept chugging. Um, I made it all through high school as an honors and an AP student.
0: So is that um, kind of where you put your focus, all your energy and yeah and attention to um i know you can do things like that so you don't have to think about stuff
1: exactly i i got in i got in the zone so to speak right. and i kept myself so busy and so um overworked because you know once i could have a job i did have a job on top of all my normal responsibilities
0: how, how did how did your mom and step stepdad uh, kind of React and or how how do they handle it or how do they deal with it?
1: Well, um, she she had just had Bryson. Um, Bryson wasn't but maybe eight months old when this happened. So they had a newborn baby to deal with on top of the trauma. So there was a lot of shoving it down there too. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah
0: you. I mean, you have a you have an eight month old. You have to take care of. I mean, you can't just leave them alone. It's not like a, an older kid. Yeah. Uh, where you can kind of be on autopilot.
1: Absolutely. But uh, yeah, be careful with that autopilot. Yeah, it gets in trouble. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure.
0: So after that, so you went through high school. You were an honor student. Um, what what happened after high school?
1: Yeah, I got into a private school in Maryville. I stayed there for about a year. Um, and I had intended to start going to UT Knox when my Car engine blew up, and then I had to move home and decide to go to Western Kentucky instead. <laughs>
0: gotcha. Okay. So, what, what was your association with Western? You said you moved home. Were they living here?
1: Um, they were living still in the same spot. They are um, in Cotton Town, so it okay. wasn't very far.
0: Sure. Yeah, that's not far. It was down. still
1: considered in state, so to speak. Okay. Um. So I started going to Western, and they. Gave me in state tuition at the time being is how that worked out.
0: And what year what year was that approximately? Two
1: thousand seven. Two thousand seven? Okay. No, two thousand eight, excuse me.
0: Okay. Okay. So you started at Western and then kinda of what what happened after that?
1: Well, we spent um see one, once a year we changed our major. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Been there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um and then Yeah, I uh like like most college kids, went to a party. And um, I was a responsible college kid, and I scheduled a designated driver. Right. That does not always mean you're safe. So, yeah, I woke up to a very not nice surprise after getting blackout drunk in college.
0: Yeah, and that's something that, um, I mean, as a, as a rideshare driver, I see it all the time. And I've given... I don't know how many dad talk I call them dad talks to to kids, especially young ladies that I have that are in my car, and they they can hardly tell me what their name is, you know, much less take care of themselves, and that's so dangerous, uh, and it just scares me, you know, to death. And I'm, I'm always glad that I got them as a passenger because I know I'm going to get them home safe. Um, But I warn there's drivers out there that would take advantage of this. They they just will. And it's 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 just you know it's it's just dangerous, it's so dangerous.
1: And oftentimes, it's who you think is safe. Exactly, yeah. It's who you think you know.
0: Sure. Um, yeah, a lot of times, it is. I mean, I think I think a large majority of the time, it's it's somebody that you know. It's not not necessarily a stranger, uh, especially like in college. So wow. So yeah. I mean, after you've gone through this horrible tragedy with your family, and then you get to college and and you go through this other. Horrible, horrible tragedy. Did did you handle that the same way you, you feel like you handled
1: Not at all. Um I think it was kinda the beginning. I don't want to say the beginning of the end, um, because I'm not at my end yet. In no, fact, I think I'm not. rising again at this point, but um it was definitely at that point that I stopped stopped functioning as well, stopped making um great great decisions i I, uh locked myself up for a few months Mm -hmm. actually in the dormitory Mm -hmm. um eventually another student had found me and called my mother um so that i would go to a mental health facility because i had gotten to the i didn't go to classes i stopped going to work um i just kept deteriorating i'll forever be grateful to that person um i don't know that i'll ever see her again but she did make that extra step that was probably really hard to call someone's mom and be like, hey, this is pretty serious. Took a lot of courage and I'm very grateful. At the time, I wasn't so grateful. <laughs> but I I am grateful for that act because it took so much more than I realized at the time.
0: Did your mom know what had happened?
1: Um, She got debriefed right about then. She didn't. Um the girl who had been checking on me did know. She had been with me at the party, and she thought that I was leaving with him intentionally, that I knew the random stranger that picked us up, but I did not.
0: Wow, Sounds like that semester kind of just everything went to hell. Um, so, yeah, what, hap- what happened next?
1: Well, um, over the break, I found a a guy to date who I thought was safe as a human and made me feel safe. Um, the next semester I decided to go online by that time as a kid, I, I was already living with him. That sounded like a smart idea. I don't really know why. Um, he threw away all my school books. So I failed out a second semester. And that was a two year relationship of him being in control and being physically abusive. Um, cutting me off from the people that i had made friendships with over high school or in college um, intercepting communications with my family um you know the the whole nine yards
0: yeah and that seems to be a very common thing that someone in that's controlling like that does i know you hear it over and over so you know anybody who's Um, in a relationship, if, if you have somebody that that's doing that kind of stuff, that's trying to, doesn't want you to see your friends or family or have contact with them and starts cutting you off from those people and your, other people in your life, you need to, you need to run. You need to just get away because that's not normal and that's not good.
1: It's a, it's a total red flag and I didn't even, it happened so slowly and then all of a sudden it was there and I didn't, um, I don't know what to do between already had experiencing so much trauma and unsafe environment, it didn't feel safer outside than it did in. Right. So it because I did not attend, even though I was trying to attend the mental health issues, because I was still having these issues and not dealing with these loss emotions, I was carrying them with me into an, into a relationship where I chose the same kind of environment.
0: Right. And I, I think that's a common pattern too, that, that you see um, people that have been in, Bad relationships will end up in in other bad situations. Uh, unfortunately, it's I think it's kind of human nature.
1: Well, it feels normal, right? Right. That's you what think you think know. it's normal. Yeah, you think that that's what normal is. And you know, I thought it was normal for a long time in my life, and it took a complete stranger. This is a total other event. Took a complete stranger, almost killing me, to realize that abuse plus love—they're not in the same realm.
0: So how'd you end up getting out of that relationship?
1: Eventually, you know, eventually I think I got my mom to come pick up me and all my things is how that went down. Um, I think that actually happened a few times before I finally was able to permanently walk away from that person.
0: Right. And again, I think that's something that's, that you see pretty common that it's, uh, it's hard for somebody to get out and they'll leave, but come back and leave and come back and, uh so yeah I think that's that's a pattern that you see a lot of times in that kind of situation. But finally finally you, you you know you'd had enough and you got away. And so it sounds like your mom was there for you again. Absolutely.
1: Well we have to we have to make a choice for ourselves. And that means understanding what we're doing cuz we're also choosing the other thing, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you're choosing one way or the other.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Okay. So you got out of that, and um, and then where'd your life kind of lead you to next?
1: Well, uh, we got our cosmetology degree, <laughs> and I eventually got my license, and I worked down in Chattanooga until um, my body betrayed me, and I got a ganglion cyst in just the wrong position, um, forcing me to make yet another life career change, okay. which set me back up to Western.
0: <laughs> so that led you back to Bone Green.
1: Yeah, after not being able to do hair, I had a, a really nice job in Chattanooga that I really enjoyed, but uh, my left hand literally would lock up. Right. So I had to come home and have surgery because I couldn't take care of myself while I had this surgery on my wrist. Um, and I actually lost feeling to my hand entirely for several months from the surgery.
0: So what approximately what year was that when, uh, when you came back?
1: 2015, maybe. Yeah, when I came back from Chattanooga.
0: Is that when you came up here?
1: No, I went, I took a long trip to Colorado because I was trying to relocate up to Colorado for a little while. Yeah. (laughs) Then I came back to Western.
0: (laughs) Okay. So I went out to Colorado for a while. So I'm trying to remember, um, I think when we first met each other, I think was, I guess, on one of the Pokemon Go groups. Nash Nashville group maybe.
1: Yeah, in the Nashville group, we okay. met at a Sliff Road. Okay, yeah. So for meeting, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: was that when you were living in? Were you living in Nashville at that time? I was at that time. Okay. Yeah. So when you left, I guess Chattanooga. Did you end up in Nashville?
1: I did, and then, um, so I was actually in Colorado when Pokemon Go started. Okay. And so, I met you just as I got back from Colorado.
0: Okay. I remember. Um, I think. Seeing that you were moving to Bowling Green, you were looking to try to find some people here. I guess I just got kind of got started with the whole group here not not very long before that. Because before then, I was just you know me and Lindsay playing. Yeah, yeah. And Lindsay says to tell you how. By the way, she was very excited that I was going to be interviewing you today for the podcast. It had a very big smile on her face. So oh, that's great. <laughs> um, she would not be happy if I forgot to say that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so. um i miss yeah.
1: seeing her out. Yeah,
0: we get out every now and then and play, but yeah. um, we don't. We don't. We're not on top of it like we used to be.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it has been two, three years. How long has Pogo been playing? Three,
0: now? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, three. Yeah, hard to believe.
1: Wait, that means we've known each other almost three years. Because yeah.
0: we met right about this time. And time runs together. It's so hard. I'd have to look back. I feel and, that. Uh, and plus I'm old. I forget stuff. So <laughs> I'd have to look back through some, some kind of messages or something to figure out exactly when it was. Cause yeah, the time it does, it does run together. So, so much nowadays and time goes so fast. Uh, it's so hard to believe that schools already started back for the kids and Western. We starting back here in a couple of weeks and all my customers will be coming back. So that's good. <laughs> it, it does get a little slow in the summertime for sure. Absolutely. Sure. So, um, so you moved from uh, Colorado and then back to back to Bowling Green. Yeah. And so tell us about kind of what's been going on with you since you've been back in Bowling Green these last few years.
1: Well, I waited the mandatory year so that I could get in-state tuition.
0: <laughs> Smart move. Smart move. Can't, can't blame you on that. That, that saves a, a just a ton of money.
1: Just a ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I've been slowly coming out of the agoraphobia that i had kind of built up after several traumas um and in that very abusive relationship so i've been slowly coming out more i was playing pokemon go um to utilize to utilize socializations yeah Yeah. um
0: yeah because i think people who don't know much about it don't realize how social it, it, especially in the beginning the like, first year or two it was I mean, oh yeah but even now i mean if you go out on community day i mean it, it may be different people <laughs> but I, I know i was driving i guess what was it, saturday or sunday whenever the last community day was last week and um i didn't even realize it and then i saw like you know 100 people walking around downtown i'm like oh it must be community day again right? <laughs> and i don't know about it <laughs> uh yeah, it it is. It has a just a uh tremendous social aspect to the game, which is great. Absolutely. I mean, I met a ton of people. I mean, I never would have met you, um yeah. probably unless I had you as a pastor and a lot of people that we met. I mean met some really you know, what I consider you really good people.
1: And the nice part about it is, like, not only does it give you a chance to interface with humans, but it gives you something to fiddle with while you have anxiety so that you can still communicate. Right, yeah, you don't have to
0: be looking at them. You right don't have eye. to look at them, yeah. You can look at
1: your game. And for whatever reason, that's that um, bridge that I needed to get back out there. Um, now I'm involved in a local church. I participate in a local yoga studio. Um I'm going back to school, which my first semester might've been real rough, but, um, we're going back this fall and it's going to be better. It will be
0: better for sure. (laughs) For sure. You just got to stay with it, right?
1: Absolutely. There's no giving up on this train anymore.
0: It sounds like you're working your way through, you know, this trauma and this, this tremendous amount of trauma that you've had in your life. Um, a lot more than most people will deal with in a, in a lifetime for sure, um, but I know I've seen I've seen you go through different stages since the time that I've known you, and there's certainly been ups and downs. But I think definitely more ups than, than downs, and uh, it's been cool to watch as you were hanging out with us, you know, playing the game or uh, just out grabbing something to eat or stuff like that. Uh, to see you get back out there and and you know working on that kind of stuff.
1: I really appreciate it. There's definitely an ebb and a flow. Um, there's definitely a time that you need to rest. It's a challenge. Mental health recuperation is not for the uh, faint of heart. <laughs> not for the weak.
0: <laughs> but but it's it's great that you're you know you you're on a path and like you said you're headed back up.
1: Oh yeah, I am because I'm not. I'm past the point of giving up. I think I did that giving up and it was pretty boring
0: uh, well, for a couple of years. Yeah. So. <laughs> And I think was, we weren't going to let you do that again. Yeah, there's, there's no point in doing that. <laughs> nah, we'll come bust down the door and drag you out if we have to. So, yeah, that's not going to work. What, what would you consider kind of your, like your interests or your passions in life? Well, I love art.
1: Um, more than anything, I love to create. Um, it started out as an art therapy when I was younger, um, when I thought what I was addressing these issues. <laughs> but it's now grown into everything that I do. Um, when I get up in the morning and I get dressed, I want my clothes to reflect that artist statement, even if it's a relaxed version of it. I, I want it in everything that I do. Even my house is cluttered and artistic. <laughs> cluttered with art, actually, like it's the walls, not necessarily the surfaces.
0: <laughs> very cool, very cool. So, anything else? Um, I, I I knew that about you. It's very evident. Um, it doesn't take long to be around you to figure that out. That art is this, certainly you know, a passion of yours. Uh, anything else? What are, do you have? Any other kind of interest or hobbies or stuff you like to do?
1: Definitely in the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I love hiking. I am taking. Effort towards being a more sustainable carbon footprint myself, including walking places that's within walking distance from my home. I feel like it's really important not to spend that extra gas. If I can reach it with my feet, that's why I have them. And, and I feel like each little step that we make to reverse our carbon footprint is a big step for everyone, you know?
0: Definitely. So now that you, you've you've gone through, as you said, these very tough situations... How do you handle like tough situations now? I know, you, you, know you, had, you had that point in your life where you kind of stuffed everything down. Um, and then you also had that point where you kind of, you know, you're kind of like just kind of withdrew and, and um, you know, just kind of give up on stuff. But what have you found works for you best now?
1: I'd have to say that I'm still, comp- I'm not, I'm not going to say that I have that all figured out. Um, I am going to say that I am using my tools. I'm going to say that I um, I have an emergency phone app called Uper, and it has a wonderful meditation set so that when I get triggered or upset at school, I can just go chill out for a minute and watch my breathing, which is really very important um, because everything can get carried away with the breath. You may not realize that when you start to feel tense, suddenly you have shallow breathing that actually feeds your your anxiety <laughs> that's not helping you. Um, in addition, I, I call someone if something bad happens, I call and I talk to someone and it's okay. I have to tell myself it's okay to feel upset about that, but it is okay to be upset about whatever it is that occurred. You know, your car breaks down and it's not moving anymore. You're supposed to be a little upset. It's an acceptable response to be upset about your car. Sure. Um, And I think a lot of the stuffing it down came from not believing that it was okay to have an emotional response when it is.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, we're, we're just human and we're going to have emotions whether we like it or not. It's just how you handle that and and how extreme, I guess, you get um, with some of the stuff. We all get upset and we all are, are up and down about, about things that happen to us in our life for sure. What advice would you give to someone that's going through a trauma in their life
1: go to your community um if you don't have one find one there are places all over the countryside to find your community there are free therapies there are churches that are non-religious there are churches that are religious find a video game whatever it takes so much of our healing happens internally, but that support system, that support system is what helps you move forward. It's what helps remind you that there's a reason you're going somewhere, right?
0: Very much. And nowadays, I mean, you can find community online. I yeah. mean, uh, there's you know, there's tons of ways to reach out and become a part of a group online and find people who can um, just relate to what you're going through
1: absolutely using your voice is the most important part just being able to communicate with someone they can be in europe it doesn't matter as long as you're talking with someone and conversing with someone about those very important life things that we all face
0: exactly so uh, you're in school now what if if you could look out and what what do you hope your future holds i mean i know we it's we we none of us have a crystal ball we can't tell what's going to happen but if you could kind of paint out what your future looked like, kind of what would that be?
1: Well, for one, I'd like to move back to a region where I can breathe easily. Um, so somewhere out West, aside from that, I want to make an impact on our environment. I want to fight for our earth. And I want I want to use my art as my voice for that as well, not just my career in arborism.
0: What do you think is one of the most important things that you've learned in life
1: we're not alone
0: very true speaking of <laughs> just as you say that <laughs> hi cat i get a cat jumping up on my table
1: <laughs> tibble i was trying real hard to keep you off that <laughs> um think. yeah is that we're we're just not alone um if you don't no yeah, yeah but no matter what If you know anything about statistics, if you are that one statistic, you're not an outlier. There's so many billions of humans. Statistically speaking, there's at least another thousand going through that exact situation. Um, So not only are we not alone in a spiritual or a religious sense, but we're not alone just in the facts. Statistically speaking, someone else is going through what you're going through. Find them. Talk to them. That's how we work it out together.
0: Exactly, and and even when you feel like you're alone, I mean, you you, you never are. There, like I said, there are there's people out there who have dealt with the, the similar situation, and and even if they haven't gone through that same situation, there's people out there who want to help you. Whether it's just being there, they might not be able to fix anything, but they can they can just be there.
1: Absolutely, I got to say, some of the biggest helps for me is just to have a listening ear when something happens because me telling someone else about it helps me filter it and figure out what's go- what's really going on. Why is this really upsetting me? It's hard to just know that. It's easier to have a filter to run it through. Yeah.
0: Definitely. If you could uh if you could sit down and talk with three people from either, you know, the past or present, who who would those three people be?
1: Um my grandpa Bob Jason and Chastity. Definitely.
0: Okay. And that's your brother and sister. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Before we wrap things up, just wanna always give the uh, give my guests a chance. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about or like to share with the audience before we wrap things up?
1: Hugs are the best medicine. Um, I've got to say, when I started to make the choice to allow the people in my life to give me a hug, um, because that was something that was real scary um, with the trauma that I had been through. But when I started allowing that amount of comfort, that's when the big changes started happening. That's when I started getting some real courage. And boy, it took a lot of courage just to allow those hugs. But I'm telling you, those hugs, they're medicine compression therapy that's a thing
0: (laughs) no doubt I wholeheartedly agree with you Zoe I just want to say um, thank you so much for being my guest today thank you for sharing your story Uh, as I said I I know I've heard it before and I know it's not easy to talk about or easy to go through but I know you've also talked about you think it's important sometimes to share your story and I really appreciate you doing that today with, with us
1: absolutely I'm so glad to I don't want anyone out there to feel
0: like they're alone. Amen to that. Thank you. Thank you. It's time for the interesting story of the week. This episode's interesting story of the week is a ride that happened to me a little over a year ago. It was funny. I drove up and pulled up and two guys came running out to my car just as fast as they could and hopped in like, go, 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 go. (laughs) And I didn't know if I was a getaway car for a robbery or what was going on. So I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, and they're like, we got to get to the liquor store before it closes. So I start taking off and I look at my clock in my car and it's three minutes till. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't think we're going to make it, guys, but I'll try. I'll, I'll give my best shot. So we take off. And luckily, the liquor store was not too far from their apartment house. And for some reason, they really, really wanted to get some more beer for the night. So we take off and uh, we're heading down, and we come around the corner, and it's kind of a straight shot from there to the liquor store over some railroad tracks. And and I can kind of tell that the light—I can see it—it's red our our direction, but I can see the orange glow from the side, so I know it's getting ready to turn. So we're going to hit the lights just right. So I take off and speed up a little bit, and may or may not have exceeded the speed limit. I'm not going to say. And so we hit those railroad tracks and come over, come into the parking lot of the liquor store. And I kind of come in to the side where we like the passenger door is right in front of the door for the liquor store. And right as I whip it in there, the owner of the liquor store comes walking out. And he's like, boys, you just made it. You just made it. <laughs> and, and the passengers are like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got the best Uber driver ever, man. He got us here time. <laughs> and it was just a really, really funny ride. I actually have a video of it from my dash cam that I used to have on my YouTube channel before Uber made us take all of our, our videos down that show passengers. They actually started deactivating drivers who post videos of their passengers, even if the passengers agree that it's okay. Uh, so I had to take those down. But if you're interested and would like to see that video, I still have it. So you can email me at larry at com. That's L-Y-F-T-I-N-G Larry at liftingwithlarry.com to shoot me an email and I'll send you a link to the video I still have it uh, uploaded it's just hidden and so I can send you a link as we start to wrap up this episode I want to thank Zoe again for being the guest on this podcast her story is just incredible and I know it's not easy for her to tell but she was willing to do that and share and hopefully um, someone can find some comfort in the fact that she's come through that kind of tragedy and, and is still going strong As always, I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Lifting with Larry, What's Your Story? If you would, just take a little time and go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever it is you listen to this podcast and leave a rating and a review. The reviews are really how the podcasts get rated in the search engine, so if you'd leave a review, that would really help expose this show to some more listeners. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to this episode. As always, God bless and stay safe out there. Thank you for listening to Lifting with Larry. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and keep up to date, head to liftingwithlarry.com.